Welcome to the Unedit. Thank you. We're back again. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here with you as well. What are we going to talk about today? I don't know. We kind of scurried to get here when we did. This is supposed to be our quiet afternoon, but yet people call with... I need Concerns. something to look forward to. I need to know. I I would like a story. What do you mean by a story? I enjoy podcasts that have a story element to them. Like I sign on or not sign on, but click on the podcast, cl- <clears throat> click play on the podcast and I know I'm going to get a story. Like they do mm. all this research and then they make a timeline and they're like, so then this is what happened and then this is what happened and this happened and this happened and then this happened. And so I'm kind of wondering if there's a story we could tell. And then we just trade off. So like I have a story and then you have a story and it can't be true crime because I don't, this is the Heart Goals podcast. I think... <laughs> I think the world has that covered on true crime. Yeah, the, yeah <laughs> don't definitely. don't need another true crime podcast, but, you know, who am I? So what's, what's on your brain? What are you thinking? Let's go with things I've watched on a screen lately for 200 Things I've watched on the answer is Succession. Ooh, tell me about Succession. So uh, it's gonna have spoilers in it, though. I mean, I guess we could be that. We uh, could be that show. Now, hang on. Can you tie it back to Heart Goals? Yes, because they are so emotionally unhealthy as a family. <laughs> That's very easy. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a show that started out with. Um, it's basically loosely based on Rupert Murdoch. So the you have the He's Royco the is the Fox News fellow. Fox News fellow, yeah. So mm. um you've got this family. The dad is a billionaire, u- uber wealthy, and he's trying to work his kids into his media hmm. companies. Many, many companies. Hmm. And they're so dysfunctional. Um the the kids will do they need some heart goals in their life? <laughs> they do. The, you know, long story short, the kids will. Um, are they? Are they doing any? Are they? Let's let's walk through this. Okay. Are they helping themselves? Are they helping? Are themselves? they doing any self care? Let's start with Zero. H. Help. I think they are. Might be drinking water and eating very well. That's about it. But I don't ever see them exercise. <laughs> they drink water. I guess. Yeah. They're not drinking alcohol. No, I see them drink water in between the alcohol. But there's some alcohol Like when they have board meetings and stuff, there's there's water in hand, water bottles. Okay, so. And it's not claggy water Are they working either. out? <laughs> we're going to get to that. We'll are get to working? claggy in a second. <laughs> are they working out? Um, we're, we're using. It's not a focal point of the show, so I can I can only, based on what I see, Because no. the four points, four checkpoints of H are sleep, water, nutrition, and movement. So they fail, that one. They I do. Think, yeah. They're not getting enough sleep. They're not getting they enough water. They're not getting they enough They don't show nutrition. them drinking enough water and they don't show them eating enough food. <laughs> <Right. laughs> 
It would, I guess, I guess Heart Goals would be a boring TV show. Let's move on to E. Are they empowering themselves intellectually, spiritually, and emotionally? Uh, yes, no, no. Intellectually, they are empowering themselves. Yes, yes, yes. Spiritually? <laughs> hard no. A hard no. Do they need to go to church or something? Or something. <laughs> church and therapy are missing <laughs> they from kinda, They kind of put their poor dad on a pedestal, and that's who they worship, and just do everything they can to please him. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty sad. It's hard to believe that this is a TV show. Okay. Uh, the next letter is A, all your people. Now, it sounds like there's quite the family drama here. So oh are they prioritizing each other? No. they. Well, are they helping each other? Well, here, here's this is what I was getting to before. So what they'll do is they will, um, as, a, as a sibling group, decide that they are going to do something. And you know, basically what it turns into is them overthrowing their father and pushing him out of the company. Every single episode? Mm, season. It kind of works in some, some things like that. Hmm. And then... Wait a minute. I have yeah, a question. Yeah. Does Rupert Murdoch actually have any children? I think so, yeah. Are they trying to push him out of his... I don't think they have to. He's How like 90. How old is he? <laughs> 90. <laughs> There's no more pushing required. He does have children. He does, and I think they, they actually work together on some things. Hmm. Okay, so let's move on. Okay. Resources and responsibilities. Are they stewarding their stuff and things wisely? Oh, no, no, no. They're not? No, no, because it's it's a disposable. Income? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, just saying rich. that everything that they have is disposable. I mean, they've got everything they could ask for and whatever whatever they want whenever they want it. I mean, Sounds must like be nice. Chain. What? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and last but not least, how is their focus on trade and talent? Are they setting smart goals and achieving them? I would say so, yeah. It's a very profitable company. They they make a lot of money. So I think their trade, they've... I just do not see myself getting into this show. You've not sold it well to me. <laughs> I mean, it's basically it's basically a drama about the, the kid. That's what I was getting to on the, the sibling... They will get together and figure out they're gonna they're gonna how to overthrow their dad and push him out of the company, and then always one kid will back channel back to the dad and be like the one undermine that the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's one after the other, except for this season, and there's no more file under. No I think this is my thing with to. dramas. I we were talking to some friends. We had some friends over for dinner on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and I said I could never get into Seinfeld. Mm. I just can't. I've tried to get into Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Like good old, like we sat down during the pandemic and I was like, okay, David, I'm going to, we're going to, you're going to turn this show on. We're going to watch a few episodes every night. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to watch enough of this that I really get into it. I'm really going to love Seinfeld because the rest of America loved mm-hmm. Seinfeld, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could not get into it. And then th- somebody said, it's a show about nothing. And I was like, that's what they said. I it's a show about nothing. Don't the, think. You I, and I think everybody, every Seinfeld fan out there would tell you you have to fight through the first season or just skip it because it doesn't really get good and entertaining with Kramer doing the Kenny Rogers roasters is opening a they're opening a store right outside of his apartment window and the light is just shining. I just have never <laughs> once watched a Seinfeld episode and laughed. Oh. 
I don't laugh. One. I just sit there and watch them, and they the are not where, funny. Where George keeps running over animals in the street and saying, "We have a deal." Like the birds are supposed to fly away, but they don't, and he just runs over them. <laughs> That's not funny. That's terrible. It is, but they saw the humor in it. Where were the animal protection people then? I don't know. There were no animals. Injured in the creation of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay. Anyway. So, but what was funny was this weekend we were watching the Great British Baking Show. Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? The Great British mm-hmm. Baking Show? Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is British people mm-hmm. thinking they know stuff about Mexico. Mm. It's no, like me mean, thinking I know stuff about France. You mean Pico de Gallo? And tortillas. tortillas. <laughs> it's funny. And just in general. And that was from the guy who was running the th- the main judge. What do they call him? It Hollywood Tom or something funny. like that? Funny. Paul? Paul. Paul Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. It was just, it was just, British people are funny anyway. Mm-hmm. Like when they were saying, they would, we had to Google words like mm-hmm. craggy. Claggy. 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 What does claggy mean? It's, it's the texture like mud. It's sticky and gooey. Claggy, yeah, and stodgy. Mm-hmm. I think means tough and thick. I think, which sounds kind of stodgy. We may have to call McSweeney and get a clarification on this. <laughs> I don't remember, but there were. I mean, definitely. Said, we were watching this with the kids. It was a great family show. Mm-hmm. So funny, and we get to episode three in season one, and they're like, "It's Mexican week." And I just never realized that watching British people try to know something about Mexico would be quite as amusing as it was. They also threw in some making fun of Americans that they wanted they French did. fries with their hamburger. I mean, that that's funny. <laughs> yep. I, I, mean, I mean, that sure, make fun of Americans. That's sure. fine. But I, I just... Mexico week on the British baking show. I mean, do like Spanish, do tapas week, do Spain week, do Mm -hmm. French week, do Mm -hmm. Greek, do something on your continent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But they, it it also just made me realize how much we know being from, you're from Texas, I'm from Oklahoma, but how, how familiar we are with the Hispanic culture. We have friends that are Hispanic. We've, Travel to Mexico. People go on vacation on Mexico. Mm-hmm. You you learn how to order food in Spanish, and like you mm-hmm. learn how to speak Spanish. Just mm-hmm. it's and you learn how to pronounce the words properly because you Pico hear them Gallo. way more often than they do in the UK for sure. I mean, I, they get a pass on that, don't they? I mean, that's they Pico de Gallo. Pico de Gallo. That was a tough one. There were but, other funny parts of it, but I do recommend it as a as a funny family mm-hmm. show. And how does it relate to heart? Mm. <laughs> well, it relates to heart in that our kids wanted to watch something with us mm. and it was something we really all enjoyed watching together. We sat here on Saturday night, watched it with our kids. We all laughed. Yeah. It was quite our a few friend Taylor came over. She's adorable. Mm-hmm. She laughed. And then we sent the kids to bed and they were like, mom and dad, will you turn this off? Because we want to watch it with we you. Instead, so then we watched yeah. it on we watch it the Sunday next day. afternoon too. Mm-hmm. In between games of soccer and on the back yeah, patio, yeah, the kids would they would go start outside. an episode, go outside, play <laughs> soccer, come back inside, <laughs> which see is good. who got eliminated. Yeah, yeah, they were 
they got it was their delightful. They got their exercise. Mm-hmm. They had water and well, they had plenty of food left over from Friday night. Oh my gosh! Night. I feel like we ate all weekend. Okay, we did. So those are things that we have watched on a screen lately. Mm-hmm. You get to pick the next topic. Oh my goodness, the pressure! Oh, you know what? We need to someplace around here. We have one of those little boxes of funny cards that you just oh, like the topic pull cards? one out and you just like ask, "Can we pause this? Can we pause the recording?" No, because we're live. Well, we can't pause that, but can we pause the, no, no, we can't pause it. Not really. So we're back to welcome to the unprepared. (laughs) That's funny. I was thinking as I was walking through the kitchen, I was like, come on, we got to do this because we got so many other things we got to do. I was like, what are we going to talk about? But I never said that. that, Those words never came out of my mouth. That came, that thought crossed my mind. I just, I keep thinking about work. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's what makes it hard to stop and do recording stuff. Mm-hmm. What are you reading right now that you, you find interesting? Great, 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 mm-hmm. great question. Thank you. I recently have read, well, as an entrepreneur, I've read the first three chapters of every, of every book ever written. Or the first sentence, according to Don Miller. That's all you need to know is read the first sentence. And but, of, but of every paragraph. <laughs> of every paragraph, yes. I have not done that. I've read the first three chapters. Mm-hmm. Of it, so it's different. It's different, different intake. I would say he probably gets more out of his reading experiences than I do. But I've started the books I've started mm-hmm. within the past few months. So I've really enjoyed The Chaos Machine, which is a book about social media by Max Fisher. I did text my friend Sarah after church the other day, and I said, we went to lunch, and I said something about artificial intelligence, and I think I probably said something about social media. And she was like, oh, here we go again, or you know, some equivalent, something like that. And I texted her later, and I said, I just need to apologize. I just, I, there, are, there are a short list of things my girlfriends do not want to hear me talk about, mm-hmm. but I find them deeply fascinating I think we are in a cataclysmic shift in terms of what's happening in technology. Mm-hmm. It scares a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of it. Mm-hmm. I would rather read about it and know about it and hear what people are saying about it mm-hmm. and talking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's the artificial intelligence thing is definitely, are we going to end up with like transformers that are trying to kill off humanity? I, I hope not, but. It's okay, Bumblebee. You can transform. Yeah. <laughs> it was our middle boy. I mean, if we if we do end up with giant transformers, maybe we'll have good ones and bad ones. Maybe mm-hmm. they can duke it out. Maybe they just fight each other and leave the rest of us alone. And maybe that's why your friends don't want to talk about it because they don't I mean, we haven't it. even gotten to that part. I know. Maybe it's 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 not really a subject they find interesting until it impacts their lives in a negative manner. Mm-hmm. Maybe possibly. I, yeah, it's okay. So, I mean, but here's the, let's, let's, uh, Transformers are like 30 years off. Like we've got some time on that. So, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about how it's going to change. So the chaos machine is a book by Max Fisher. Max Fisher was a journalist at the New York times. They have historically hired and employed Very excellent journalists who, no matter which side you stand on, do have an articulate and thorough way of reporting and 
giving they take a the New York Times takes a lot of pride in presenting mm-hmm. uh I'm not I'm not gonna say an unbiased, but a, an honest an honest perspective of what's happening in our world. Unlike other media corporations Recently. that shall remain unnamed. <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> so but he talks about Gaffem, the five. I think I think Gaffem might have made an appearance in podcast one, or perhaps. Remind us. Google, Amazon, Facebook. The last one's Microsoft. It's another A. Apple. There you go. There you go. Those are the five big tech companies. Mm -hmm. And so this book was written before all this artificial intelligence stuff happened last Mm -hmm. winter, last fall. And now, and, and, and so basically what Max Fisher is saying is that Facebook, Google slash YouTube have an algorithm. We've all heard about the algorithm. Mm. Oh, you know, we're battling that. Okay, mm. what is an algorithm? An algorithm is a bit of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. It is a complicated piece of computer code that nobody really knows what it does. They just know that when they tweak it to do this or this, it makes them more money. And to quote our friend Belinda Hasselbeck, the result of this is that when you get on YouTube, it doesn't matter where you start out, you always end up at explicit rap. Mm-hmm. Right. You up. really do. Yeah. She was she's from Memphis. So, but she said that a long time ago and it stuck, it was mm-hmm. like a charming, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. charming little nugget that obviously never left my brain. But why does, you know, the question is, why does YouTube do that? Why when it starts out? When you start out with a, you know, Christian singer and you're just going to watch the YouTube videos of Hillsong or whatever, and it ends up at explicit rap every single time, what's happening? And it's because to keep more and more people watching, Mm. they, the algorithm learned to, or they taught it to, and Mm -hmm. again, it's a very like black box thing. Nobody Mm -hmm. really knows like what's going on in the algorithm, just like they don't know what's going on in a large language model Mm -hmm. that is powering all these chatbots that Mm -hmm. have popped up. <clears throat> so where so, am I going with this? They basically, I think maybe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is they have taught the algorithm or the algorithm taught itself of its AI to step up the, maybe the shock value to keep eyeballs on videos. Fisher to, refers to it as emotional, m- emotional, moral, emotional words. Ooh. So the quick, brown fox jumped over the lazy dog is not a sentence that has a lot of moral, emotional words in it. Mm. But if you said that lying, quick brown fox jumped over that bastard dog, all of a sudden you have a moral, emotional, like something that's going to trigger an Mm -hmm. insight, something it, it incites emotion. Yeah. People get enraged and they click and they, and so in the book, The Chaos Machine, he goes on to uh, interview and tell the story of different people who have worked at Google, uh, Reddit, Mm -hmm. other large social media companies that 
that basically saw the writing on the wall, people who have quit, people who are, who have let in, actually there was, there was a guy who left Google yesterday. I really need to be more informed about these people's names if we're going to do this on a podcast. Was it the CEO guy? Mm-hmm. Of their artificial and yeah, intelligence yeah, yeah, yeah. arm. You he's, heard about that? Um, it's a, he, I think he's from India, if I'm not mistaken. It was a, No, the CEO is from India. The CEO oh. of Google is, but he didn't resign. This The guy who resigned, it was like he was 80. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, time to resign anyway. But he kind of resigned in this firestorm of I'm quitting because... They're like he was related to Oppenheimer, the atomic bomb guy mm. who was like, I know I worked on the atomic bomb, but I'm the first one to like raise the warning flag. So his, uh, the guy who just resigned, his that's that's a bit of his firestorm. That was his parting shot was to say, you know, I worked on this. It may have done right. some, <laughs> may have done some things to help it, but also cause damage for my millions. See you guys right. later. Just hey. I, not fair. Nope. So, but I mean, here we are. Um, so anyway, the chaos machine talks a lot about how social media played a major role in the last election. It's playing, it's, I mean, for centuries, people in power have used propaganda to manipulate the mass population's Mm -hmm. thought processes. Mm -hmm. And that is essentially what social media did. The ironic thing is that most of the people that run the social media companies, I don't think they really liked the outcome of what happened during the last presidential election. Even if you're happy about how the election turned out, you're probably not happy about the attack on the Capitol thing. Are you doing this to like, I was saying not last election, but the one before you're yeah, 2016, all the drama. Mm -hmm. No, the last one was when they attacked the Capitol. The last one was January 6th. Anyway, sorry. So, so it it's in social media incites all kinds of things. Also an interest on purpose because they have an algorithm, right? And that algorithm, or they is have just, an agenda that they can kind of, well, it's called an algorithm, <laughs> but they tweak that algorithm to promote make their money. Agenda. Yeah. And you know what makes them money? Pineapple on pizza. What? Our eyeballs, right? Our eyeballs on our screens. So what do we do about it? Whitney. Well, Max Fisher says he thinks social media companies need to just shut down. I would say let's inter- let's have Max Fisher on the podcast and ask him what he thinks Elon Musk is doing to shut social media down because I no one really knows what Elon Musk is doing. He they have See, this is this is this is the <laughs> stuff my girlfriends don't want to talk about mm-hmm. with me. But since buying Twitter, which have you listened to that podcast on Wondery? It's called Flipping the Bird. Oh no, I saw you. There's only three shows. episodes so far, and it, it it does leave you a little bit, a little bit shell shocked. Hmm. You know, it's either anyway. You're just gonna have to listen to it and tell us what you think. But since buying Twitter, Elon Musk has the first thing. The first thing I saw that really caught my attention was he opened up the algorithm part of their algorithm not the entire thing mm-hmm. but you can actually go and there's some diagrams and people much smarter than i am can tell you like this is how the twitter algorithm this is how twitter was keeping our eyes on the mm-hmm. screen this is their this is the program that they were using that was running this mm-hmm. 
They also recently have shut down the API because parts of the API, maybe selectively shut down parts of the API. What's the API? Uh, application protocol interface. So that's where other software companies can go in and use that to make Other software companies that... can basically go hook into. Got it. Okay. So for years in, in social media, what have we been doing? We've been putting our thoughts, our opinions, our data mm -hmm. onto the internet. Mm -hmm. Now, Google and OpenAI, Microsoft, are using that data to program these large language models, mm. chat GPT, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So ironically, again, all this stuff that we're afraid of that, that's in these large language models that's mm -hmm. going to you know help people build transformers and take over the world and annihilate us all, we put it out there there. Mm. We did that. We mm -hmm. did that. Well, so last week, I think API, uh, Reddit, I think pulled their API. They either pulled it or they started charging for it. I need to do a fact check on that. And I think, I think Twitter just pulled theirs. Mm -hmm. I just imagine Elon over there going, getting that one off and that one off and that one off. And mm -hmm. I don't know who knows how that works, but the Reddit pulled their API or started charging for it, need to fact check, because the large language models like Google and Microsoft are using that information to train mm -hmm. to train these these chatbots. Mm -hmm. And it's and so Reddit's like, no, that's our data. Well, really, it's not their data, it's our data. Except we probably signed a terms and conditions that said anything that we put on Reddit is now right. their data. Yeah. But here's where I think this is going to take social media to come full circle. And it would be interesting to get Max Fisher's opinion on this. If social media companies are going to start charging Google and Microsoft for the information that they're scraping, mm -hmm. wouldn't they start paying content creators like us? You'd think so. So I think we might be heading into more of a subscription model type type environment rather than rather than a social media environment. Information's not going to be quite as free in the next few years, I would think. That's this is this is what I think. Well, they've had what I could be wrong. Fifteen years of collecting <clears throat> data and yeah, either it, using it for good or using it for evil, and now they're gonna turn around and who knows? Say, but I think that I think that it, the the business model shift is what's interesting. I mean, we are content creators, so in creating this, one of the questions that that we have to ask ourselves is how are we gonna how is this gonna make us money? Mm -hmm. Well, if we wanted to be paid by advertisers to mm -hmm. endorse their products, that's mm -hmm. one way. I'm not mm -hmm. a big fan of that model because, mm -hmm. like, Oprah's favorite things weren't her favorite things because people paid her to make them her favorite things. Ooh. They were her favorite things because they were her favorite things. Because people, yeah, the highest bidder got on the TV show. No, not the highest bidder. I mean, you had to, Oprah actually had to like your stuff. Oh, but I thought you just said people paid her. People be, didn't pay oh, her to like their things. So that was legit. If exactly. She liked it. Okay. So if people started paying us to endorse their products, 
What if we don't actually like their products? Well, it would be a conflict of interest at that point. I know, but it isn't that what every, I mean, how many podcasters are faced with that conflict of interest? Okay, so we're over here going, well, we do not want to enter into advertising relationships because that would compromise our integrity. Well, it depends on the advertiser, right? I Does it? I mean, Oprah was trustworthy because Oprah was not. Now, sure, the networks that she was on used her show to mm-hmm. sell advertising. And perhaps mm-hmm. if we got on to a network, you know, a podcast network and somebody else does the advertising. But me doing a voiceover saying, I love applesauce whenever... I eat it every morning as soon as they get I will pay you, Whitney, $50,000 to say you love applesauce. If I don't love applesauce, I mean, applesauce is fine. But I would prefer it to be gourmet flavor, pineapple, cinnamon. If a mayonnaise manufacturer came to you. I would have a really hard time (laughs) authentically endorsing that. The girl does not like mayonnaise. Or broccoli. Or ranch. I mean, I could talk about broccoli... Ad nauseum, that it emphasis on nauseum. Mm. <laughs> but um, bum, that was a good one, right? That was a good one. Oh, I don't know. So anyway, <clears throat> uh, that's I. Boy, the, that was a really long answer to what have you been reading? What have I been reading? <laughs> that that's that's just one of the books I've been I've been reading. Well, speaking of books, this is a big week of something that happened a year ago. Can that we talk about true. that? It is man, what a segue! A book anniversary, and it I'm sitting here with a copy of my book, and it has someone has most likely me uh, used this as a coaster. So there's mm-hmm. a lovely ring mark on the mm-hmm. top. It mm-hmm. would, thankfully, it would just wipe off really nicely with a soft cloth. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this book? It's a more beautiful life. Mm-hmm. I wrote it. Dear. I wrote it, and it's kind of it. It goes through kind of what we attempt to talk about during these during these uh recordings the the unedit and the the podcast it, it kind of goes through the heart the heart goals framework mm-hmm. and how to apply it to your life and then um do check-ins and we've got other products and stuff like that that kind of help you um maintain i don't know if that's the right word but just check in and and see where you are on your journey I mean, do you want me to, would you like for me to do a reading? Oh, sure. I'm just going to leave, I'm going to turn off my mic. So that you can cough? You're just turning off your mic? Now nobody can hear you. Okay, this is from page 76, Nurturing Your Inner World. It's a very short blip. To live a more beautiful life, we must be honored to invest in our emotions, thoughts, and spirit. This is key to heart. We can host the parties, achieve the goals, make the friends, but the beauty of our inner world will stay locked away. Stuck in the rat race of accomplishing and doing and surviving, finding the path to these hidden worlds can feel impossible. What I'm about to tell you isn't a big secret. We know these things, we just don't do them. As you explore the list below, consider how you could incorporate these practices into your daily life. Just focus on one to start. Schedule overhaul not required here. We're not looking for radical transformation. That's too big picture. Shoot for two or three degrees of change. Reflecting on your answers to the questions, 
which of the tools below will deepen your understanding of your inner world? So it's actually a little, it wasn't the best, best selection to read because I'm referring to questions that I ask people and I'm offering tools for discovering your inner world. The tools are therapy is for everyone. Go somewhere green outdoors, pray or meditate. What's one of the questions? Reach out to a friend. The questions. Give us a sample since you read that part. Right, right. The questions are, we need to, this is in a section about soul care. We need to regularly check in with our souls. I used to disregard this soul care stuff as new age propaganda, but maturity has helped me understand the value of the soul. We must cling to an inner anchor or we will perish in the outer storm. In the next question, we'll brainstorm some ways we can nourish our souls. But for now, here are some questions to ask yourself. Do I feel connected to myself? Do I feel connected to others? Do I feel connected to nature and the physical world? Do I feel connected to God? Have I prayed or meditated today? And on the next episode, we will be talking about those things. (laughs) And once again, we will attempt to get a I don't know we just I don't know we need to have a pre-show mating I think mm-hmm. about non-claggy foods mm-hmm. okay well you want to segue to the pop culture part of our or did we already I, talk about I think that we kind of went through the pop culture in the on the on the TV things have we been talking for 30 minutes uh 35 minutes and oh, 49 yeah, seconds. We're good. Anything this else you an, want to say? Nope. This is an interesting podcast. Indeed. That was a few left turns in there. That's what you get with me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's okay. It's part of it. Uh-huh. Okay. Say your goodbyes. Thanks for joining us today. Tune yeah. in next week where you get a little more heart and a lot more. What is it? Unedited moments. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was, but I could pull it up and look at it. That's good. Okay. Thanks. See you next week. Hopefully. (laughs) 